Hey friends, welcome to our digital space. On This Girl Life, we're trying to figure life out. And there's no better way to do that than with your best friend by your side. So join us each week as we bring on experts to help us navigate This Girl Life. All right, here are your hosts, Whitney and Kristen. Oh, this is a good one, you guys. I'm really Let's excited. talk about sex, baby. Let's, Let's talk about you and me. Let's okay. talk about all the good things. Man. Okay, if you can see us <laughs> dancing. Pregnant women God. dancing. <laughs> <laughs> guys, today we're talking about sex. Sex health. All about it. Yeah, we're really pumped because we love sex, right? Everyone does. I mean, everyone does. Yeah. And this one, you know, like might not be safe for work if you listen to it loud, but you should be listening to headphones anyway. So come on. Yeah. Who listens to a workshop podcast without like headphones? I was walking the other day and this lady just had her phone and was listening to music like this, holding it up to her ear so loud. And I'm like, did your headphones die? Like what's going on here? Put some freaking headphones in. Those are people I'm not friends with. I don't understand. I, don't, I was just like, you're crazy. Oh, that's so rude. I will say I was working out at the gym post or pre-COVID and someone was doing that. So, yeah. It's so weird. It's so, so weird. So, yeah, throw some headphones in for this one because this one is for sensitive ears because we do use words like clitoris and G-spot. Yeah. I mean, so. it's it's all professional. It's with a healthcare professional. So, um, yeah, we're we're excited to, to dive in. Kristen, though, has a very <laughs> – I mean, I I need to hear the story. I heard that they would let me tell her that in private. She's making me save it for the podcast. So, okay, Adam, if you're listening, this is the time to turn it off. Cindy, if you're listening, that's my mom. God bless you. So, we have a kid, right? So, like, you have to make specific time for sex because yes. Quinny is very curious, and I think she would think someone is murdering her mama if she saw what was happening. You know. <laughs> So nap time on weekends is like prime time, you know, yes. like, yep, we're both home and sometimes it doesn't happen in the bedroom and that's okay. And sometimes it happens on the couch by your front door, you know, and it that's does. okay too, you know, and we have neighbors who we drop things off back and forth all the time. You know, like someone brings coffee, someone brings beer, someone brings wine and we're really good friends with them. So like there is never a time when I wouldn't ring their doorbell to hand it to them. Right? right. So the night before this happened, I brought them a bottle of wine and a bottle of champagne to celebrate, like getting through another week. Well, we got done enjoying each other and <laughs> we both had text messages that said, I think you might've been busy, but I just wanted you guys to have some beer or something to that. Like never in our lives of living next to them for two years, have they never not rung the doorbell to like say hello, like when they drop something off. So why this one time in this one minute? And so then of course I have to go look at the ring, right? Cause we have a ring doorbell. Oh yeah. So I go look at the ring and you can see him walk up to the door and he looks at it and he like cocks his head a minute puts the beer down and bolts, bolts. Like I'm sweating telling you the story. And then Adam is like, oh my gosh, they just dropped stuff off for us. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they heard us. Now Who I can cares never- though? Don't, you're like sweating. She's sweating. Who cares? I mean, come on. That's to me, that's, um, that's hilarious. You know, do they so, not have sex? They have sex too. I mean, they have two kids, so I know they do. Yeah. 
and they're in love. So, you know, but it is still just a little mortifying when you know that someone's like hearing the sounds that you make. Yeah. No. Okay. That is, but you know, what's so funny is Kale, you know, I don't know. We, we do it on the couch more than we do it in the bedroom. (laughs) Right. Because what's so funny is once you have kids, yeah, nap time is prime. Once your kid doesn't take a nap, like right now, my kid is downstairs while we record a podcast, um, shoving graham crackers on her face. It's like nighttime is the only time. So then it's like, I don't really want to go upstairs. So yeah, I just said the other night to Kayla, I was like, let's maybe try the bedroom. You know, <laughs> this is this getting ridiculous. <laughs> but. You just have to do it when you have to do it, you know? Yes, exactly. And and as we learned today on the podcast, having sex has a lot of benefits health-wise, but it also is just huge mood booster. It creates a hormone that says that you like your spouse, you Oxytocin. know? Oxytocin. Oxytocin. Mm-hmm. What this is what's so funny is I don't know, okay, I don't know if Adam and your relationships like this. Every time Kale and I have sex, <laughs> afterwards I'm like, yeah, like let's like I'm feeling so good, you know? And Kale's like, I'm so tired. I'm just going to go to bed. You know, it's like <laughs> how and then every time he laughs, he's like, how do you have so much energy? I'm like, that oxytocin is just released. me up. <laughs> So, yeah, he's like, we shouldn't, you shouldn't have sex at night. And then, you know, he's like, tries to have sex in the morning. That's something else we didn't talk to her about is like the sex in the morning versus sex at night. But I know it's because their testosterone is so high in the morning. So this might be weird, but that is my favorite time. Because you're a morning person. You were like, (laughs) everything about the morning gets you going. So it doesn't surprise me. But like. Okay, this is, like, way TMI, maybe, but this is, like, I will volunteer to take the dogs out when the alarm first goes off in the morning so that I can, like, pop my retainers out and quick brush my teeth, and then I'm, like, (laughs) Oh, my god! It's just better. I don't know why. It's, like, first thing, and it's just... Again, and then you can like, like you, like, yeah. boom, boom, my day's good. <laughs> that's why you like it. It really does. It releases a lot of oxytocin. You like yeah. are starting your day off. And that's what Kale says. But I'm just like, dude, I have my mouth guard too. And like, I'm disgusting. Like, I don't, <laughs> I got to like fix myself. I'm still that girl that like, before I go downstairs and I'm like, I, I want, you know, I want to have sex. I like fix myself up. <laughs> yeah. I'm I still know. that girl. So you should just try it. Pop, like set your alarm a little early tomorrow morning. Just pop that retainer right out and you know, you'll feel better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kale will. He'll be so excited. (laughs) So, oh gosh, guys, we're not doing yay and nay today. That is enough. We just shared a lot of goodies with you. You're welcome. Today we have on though, like we said, we're, we're, guys, this is very serious. We have a medical doctor talking about sex. Yes. So it is not just all pornography, okay? (laughs) This is real stuff. Dr. Amy Killen is on. She's based out of Salt Lake City Park City area, that Utah area. And she really um, focuses on anti-aging but also sexual health. So we wanted to have her on. She is just a wealth of knowledge. And the way she presents it is beautiful. Like – And cool. Yeah. So we hope you enjoy it, and we loved all your listener questions, um, so thank you for those. All right, Dr. Amy Killen, we are so pumped to talk 
about sex today on this Girl Life podcast. We have not dove into this yet. And obviously, it's such a fun topic. So (laughs) we're excited to have you on. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So like we said earlier, we're in our 30s, sex in our 30s. Who are you seeing? Like you specialize in sexual health. So who are you seeing primarily? Like the age group? Is it people in your 30s or um, is it higher up? Do we are we in that group? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it starts with, and first of all, I see patients probably about mid-30s, maybe to like mid-50s for women um, is, is the people I see a lot of for sexual optimization and sexual health. So so I'm not a, I'm not an OBGYN. I'm not a gynecologist or an obstetrician, first of all. So I'm not the one who is, you know, like I'm not the person who is delivering your babies uh, <laughs> and those kinds of things. But what I do is I do a lot of work with people who are um, in transitioning phases or are having concerns with sexual dysfunction, whether that's hormone related. So maybe it's post-pregnancy or post-breastfeeding, or maybe that's, you know, perimenopausal or postmenopausal, um, or maybe it's just related to stress or thyroid problems or other things like that. But it's kind of that middle, you know, middle age, um, not quite middle age, maybe group that I would see the most of. Well, you hit a couple different, like, topics, obviously, of, of you know, thyroid problems. I mean, a lot of things can affect our our sexual health. So first, before we kind of dive in, what are some of the different hormones that we might be talking about today that might be impacting women and then men? Okay. Yeah, great. So for women, the main hormones that we look at are estrogen, uh, progesterone, testosterone, which women do have. And that's actually very important for women, just like it is for men. Um, those are sort of the main sex hormones. And then thyroid is another big one. Cortisol is also really important. That's the sort of the stress hormone and that affects some of how the other hormones work as well. So we, we generally will, um, when I talk to patients, I you know, will do a history. We'll see how kind of what's going on. And then if we need to do any kind of testing, then checking hormones is one of my first go-to tests for them, for women. Uh, for men, same hormones, except I don't check progesterone in men. And test- testosterone is a little bit more important. Um, but that's otherwise, they're actually pretty similar hormone profiles as far as what I check. Okay. I always think it's really important to like talk about those because they're really confusing like if you're not in the healthcare industry I think industry healthcare whatever profession um I think it can be really confusing and then I think people do forget like that we have a lot of the same hormones they may work in a different way but they are important to review so I wanted to break that down a little bit for our listeners I have a question on that because Whitney's a nurse I'm not just so you know a little bit about our dynamic but I guess, so if I came to you and you found out that I didn't have all of these, you know, the right levels to optimize this, what would you do for me? What's the solution there? It depends on what the, you know, what you're missing and it depends on how old you are. So usually if you are a menstruating woman who still has regular periods and, you know, all of that, then usually estrogen levels are going to be okay. Those are kind of fluctuating, but usually you do have estrogen until menopause. So I don't focus as much on that in general in that age. Um, but progesterone can start to go down. Progesterone is really important for things like, like relaxing and dealing with anxiety and sleeping and, you know, some of the things that we all kind of like to do. And a lot of times kind of in late thirties and early forties, uh, women's progesterone levels 
start to go down in relation to their estrogen levels. And so that can also cause a lot of minif- like a lot of like PMS symptoms, like headaches and you know cramping and weird heavy periods. And a lot of that is just lack of progesterone in relation to estrogen. So we can do tests for that. We can do blood tests. We can do urine tests. We can do saliva tests. There's like a thousand different ways we could do it. But essentially we can say, you know, hey, you're having really heavy periods and you're having a lot of cramping and you're having headaches. Um, this sounds like low progesterone. And then we can check that with a blood test. And if it is low, uh, depending on your age, we can give you some progesterone. Like we can give you some medications that you'll just take, you know, maybe half of the month before bed as a pill or something like that. Um, or if it's something like testosterone, we can work on some lifestyle changes that might be helpful to increase your own testosterone levels. Like, Hey, why don't you go work out more and lift more weights? You know, lifting heavy weights increases testosterone, have more sex that increases testosterone, you know, eat more protein. Like there are lots of things like that we could do from a lifestyle standpoint as well, depending on what the issue is. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. I think a huge part of this and people don't realize is how lifestyle really does play into like having a good sex life. Um, mm-hmm. sometimes I think we just kind of, we were like, Oh, I don't want to, per- you know, I want to pretend that my diet doesn't really <laughs> affect, like, <laughs> you know, what's happening in the bedroom, but it does. And it, and so yeah. I love that you talk. I mean, if you look at our Instagram, you talk a lot about lifestyle, you talk a lot about uh, good stuff, but I love <laughs> that you, you focus <laughs> on lifestyle because that's something that we totally have to focus on here in America, especially. So yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I think of sex as kind of like this portal that gives us a, gives us a glance at like what's happening in our whole body. So if I have someone with sexual dysfunction, whether it's a hormonal problem or a stress problem or a, you know, a guy with erectile dysfunction or whatever it is, usually the basis for that, the basis for the problem is not a genital problem. Usually it's something else going on in the body that is out of balance. So whether that's some kind of lifestyle, like you're not eating right, you're not exercising, your stress is too high. Maybe it's kind of a, you know, an emotional problem or even like a spiritual problem. Like it could be, you know, anything could be causing that to manifest as a sexual problem. So I think about that as a way to really tap into like what's happening in your general health. Because if that's crummy, then chances are, unless you're like 18, then your sex life is also not going to be up to, you know, up to snuff. (laughs) All right. I want to dive really quick into something that Kristen and I are both going through right now. We're pregnant. So sex and pregnancy, um, Our listeners obviously are in their 30s, a lot of them, and they're all dealing with kids and we're all tired. And so (laughs) do you have any tips um, for girls around our age, you know, with our sex lives during this crazy time? I mean, the biggest tip is something you probably hear all the time, which is to make time for yourselves, um, to make time for like just little things like, you know, touching, you know, holding hands in the kitchen while you're making dinner. Like it's interesting for women, this sort of getting excited and getting ready to, you know, to have sex. It's like a whole day process. It's not, you know, (laughs) like it's it's like a long, this is a long dish we're cooking up here. You really have to start that like early in the day and your partner has to kind of understand. Um, but this is something that it really does. It starts with like in the morning when, when they, when you wake up and how you interact with each other and whether, you know, the dishwasher is unloaded or whether it's overflowing. Like there's so many things, um, in women more so than men, I think that, that go into it, that kind of get the dial kind of moving in the right direction. So that then later on, if you make time for it, which you kind of have to, you know, really like 
like figure out when where's the where's the child going to be and what you know when do I have time when do I have like 20 minutes um but once you've made time for it you know you have to kind of be ready for it um and you get ready earlier in the day by those little tiny connections and, and little like you know things that you could do for each other that make you more in the mood so I want to talk benefits of sex so yeah. Talk to us about, you know, what are the benefits to a couple, to your marriage? What is considered a good amount of sex to be having or an, what's considered an, you know, like an active sex life? I'm curious. Oh, that's a great question. First of all, obviously every couple is different and I would never say like you're not having enough sex or you're having too much sex. Um, people always ask me like, could I have too, am I having too much sex? Um, but you know, I think in most of the studies that are done that look at sort of benefits of sex, it's usually one to two times a week is what they consider to be an active sex life. Um, and if you're going more than, you know, two or three months, then you're considered to be, you know, kind of having sort of a sexless relationship or a not very, not very heavy in sex. So one to two times a week, but again, that's pretty variable. And as you know, and I have, I have three kids myself and I, there was certainly periods where I was going through a time where, you know, I was, that was the last thing on my mind. Um, but sex is really important. It's important for your relationship. We know that couples who have more active sex lives, of course, they, they tend to stay together longer. They seem to be happier with each other. They like you. Know, you like your partner more um, because of a lot of a lot of the hormones that are released during sex, like oxytocin, for instance, cause this bonding feeling. And so you have sex, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I really do like you. Like you have. <laughs> yeah, you know, in a way that I have that you, that you wouldn't otherwise. Um, there are a lot of other physical benefits. We know that people who have active, healthy sex lives have um, they have better memory and better cognition later in life. So just keeping that going is important for your brain. Um, it's important for things like blood pressure. You actually can reduce blood pressure. It can improve your sleep. It can decrease your anxiety and depression if you're having an active, healthy sex life. Um, there are a lot of, of, of emotional benefits, social benefits, mental benefits, physical benefits. Um, there's been some studies, that, mostly in men actually, but um, that have shown that guys who are having active sex lives are they tend to live longer than mm -hmm. the men who. Are um, it's, so it's, there's all kinds of fascinating things about it, but just in general, it's, it's known to be something that makes you feel better, feel healthier, feel more connected to the people around you. Yeah. You hit yeah. on a point of anxiety, um, and stress, which plays a huge role in wanting to have sex. So can we talk about, um, because I find it interesting, the, the relationship between SSRIs, so anti-anxiety kind of depression medication, and how that really can play a, a role in your sex drive. Yeah, so SSRIs are the serotonin reuptake inhibitors, like you mentioned, and these are antidepressants like Prozac and medications like that that are very commonly given to both men and women. Um, and they can have a they can have a negative effect on sex life. They can cause you to have less libido, and they can cause you to have a delayed uh, uh, orgasm or delayed sexual response or inability to have a, a sexual response. So that's something that is definitely um, a, a problem for both men and women who are taking these medications. In fact, we sometimes use these medications in men who have like a premature ejaculation, you can put them on these medications to try to delay that. Um, that's kind of, that's kind of how much they can dampen your sexual responsiveness. Wow. Unfortunately, I did not know yeah. that. So like they're feeling good. <laughs> they're not anxious. They're not depressed and <laughs> they're able to go longer. Yeah. That's nice. I mean, this is not something we do all the time. By means. <laughs> it's not our go-to treatment, but it is something that I have seen done before and it yeah. can, it can work for those guys. Interesting. Yeah. So we reached out to a bunch of people to ask some good questions. And 
honestly, the main topic we got from all of our responses was orgasms. So I read a stat that 50% of women in relationships are not having the type of sex life that they want. They're not getting off the way they want. And as women, we're blaming ourselves. We're looking at ourselves saying, it's me that reason I'm not getting off. I'm not having an orgasm. So I would love to know what medically can we do to improve them? How can we help our partners help us more? I'd love to hear your medical opinion on that. Yeah, that's a great question. So first of all, you should know that only about 20% of women are able to have orgasms from sort of penetrative, old school, regular sex. So only 20% are, you know, with the actual penetration part. Um, So most people, most women need the clitoral stimulation, need something else going on in order to reach that. And I I think the people, I mean, I never realized that until, until I started, you know, studying this subject, because I just, I just figured like, you know, it's like on the the pornos, like everyone's like so excited all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's, that's not, that's not real life. So that's one thing. It's just understanding that. Um, I, I think it's very important for women to understand how their bodies work to make, you know, to do, have self, do self-pleasure, self-exploration. Um, I have a, a population of patients that are, um, very much afraid of the, that sort of thing and are taught that it's bad. And so I do a lot of education around, this is actually your body. And it's really important that you understand how it works. So spend time with yourself, <laughs> spend time exploring, figure out what works, figure out, you know, what you like. Um, there are some, technology that can be helpful too for orgasming as you know things that can help to strengthen the pelvic floor muscles or um, increase uh, the sensitivity of like the, the vaginal tissues like there's some uh, there's a, like red light therapy based uh, technologies like the like the v-fit uh, which is it's a you know an intravaginal red light therapy device that you use at home which I have a lot of patients use um, or there's pelvic floor stimulators where you're you know especially women who are post childbirth you know once you kind of get past um, the heel and everything, a lot of times those muscles are pretty weak and it's really hard. Even if you have an orgasm, it's not very pleasurable. It's kind of, kind of weak. So if you can strengthen those pelvic floor muscles, you know, Kegels are great, but there's actually a lot of new ways to do, you know, Kegels plus now with the pelvic, like the intensity device is one of the ones or the apex device that I use on patients. Um, there are like these sort of gamified app versions of the, uh, of Kegels that you can, that you can do now as well. Um, so there's lots of fun toys like that, but I honestly, the, the most important thing I think is just spending a little bit of time by yourself, figuring out what you like, and then being a good communicator with your partner and tell that person <laughs> what, right. what you like. I think that is a huge portion of it. Like from my own experience, I mean, I, I think that if you don't tell your partner, like, what you want, what feels good, then you honestly are not going to, you're never going to like optimize, even if you try all these things. And when you, when you said like, know your body, all I can think is Charlotte from sex in the city who never looked at herself and like (laughs) wanted to, she finally took a mirror and was like looking, but it's so true. I think so many women, tons of girls I know that had no idea what it looks like down there. They don't want to. And it's like, but no, don't be ashamed. Like know what you want and own it. But I think that's like a big part of our culture. And like, maybe I'm doing a total conversation shift, but it's a big part of our culture is that like sex is for the bedroom. It's not to be discussed elsewhere. It's not to be taken. Like we're not supposed to take pride in that, in our bodies and knowing what we want. Right. And then to communicate that even further to a male partner. I feel like that's like 
that's not encouraged. Yeah. You know, like, especially Whitney and I grew up in, you know, very Christian school where like, you know, there was no sex till marriage, no, none of that. Like, and so that's kind of embedded in a lot of people, I think, where like sex is just for the bedroom, just for marriage, never to be discussed in any other form. Yeah. And so that's why it's fun for us to kind of like chat about it because I'm sure we're not the only ones who were kind of taught that growing up and had to grow out of that understanding of sex. Yeah, I think it's super common. I think I, I grew up the same way, Methodist household. One time I asked my mom what a virgin was, and she said it was someone who's never been married before. And I was, <laughs> and that's what I thought for like years. I was like, oh, a virgin has, you know, a virgin never been married. Um, but that's just how it was. Like that was, that was the, that was the um, And I think that's, that's definitely a thing. And I, I agree. I feel like I do think we're getting, we're getting a little bit better at talking about, about female sexuality and female sex, and, you know, in a positive way, like not in a weird, creepy way. Like there's always been like the, like the creepy kind of culture that's out there you can get into if you want, but like most people are a little bit like, eh, I'm not sure I want to be a part of that. Um, but now I, I'm actually seeing a lot of um, educated, smart, cool uh, women who are out there and they're talking about this in a in a way that is that you know reflects them a little bit better than like the pornographic industry and some of those things right no and I agree because I I follow some of those people I'm always trying to see what's new what's going on and something that's new and that you talk about a lot is CBD oil and its role in sex and I find mm-hmm. this super interesting so can you like dig in a, a little bit on that and explain yeah, there's there's actually a number now of, of sort of arousal oils and, and things that have CBD in them. And the idea being that if you can, well, a couple of ideas. First, CBD oil can increase blood flow to the area. So CBD by itself is, you know, can help get blood flow into that area, which is obviously going to be a positive um, <laughs> for women. And then the other idea being that if you can have a little bit of systemic absorption, so it's actually getting into your system, then, then maybe you can kind of reduce a little bit of the anxiety or the stress or the like mind racing and thinking about other, 10 other things at once that, that go along with stress and just kind of help to per, put the person sort of in the moment and, and you know, be able to focus on what's happening. So there's not a ton of, of research on CBD oil with sex yet. There's a lot of like sort of small research going on and a lot of anecdotal stuff and people really like it. Um, but those are the sort of the ideas behind using it. And certainly it's safe. It's one of those things that, you know, give it a shot. Like if it, if, if it works for you, fantastic. I think it's a great idea. And um, I, I want to see more come out about it as far as, as the literature goes, but I think right. it's, a, it's a cool tool. Yeah. I'm super interested and intrigued by it. So I'm going to dig in on that a little bit myself. <laughs> yeah. There's a company I'm not, I don't work with, but it's called the, the O-Shot that makes it, that's a, it's a product called the O-Shot that has a CBD oil that is all uh, botanicals like peppermint and it has all these like delicious smelling things that are, that I, I love that product because it's, um, it smells wonderful, but not like in an overwhelming fragrant. It's all natural and whatever. But so that's maybe something to try if you, yeah. if you want to give it a shot. Get it wet and come back and let us know. Post-pregnancy, guys. I'll let you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't know why I keep jumping back to orgasms, but a question we got was pleasure areas that women have. So we've all seen the Friends episode where a woman has seven pleasure areas, 
but I want to know. Is that true? <laughs> you know, honestly, there's in almost any any area can be a pleasure area, and every woman's different. So it's it's a you know the, obviously the common things are like the, the vulva, the genitalia, the, the vagina, which is the inside. Vulva's outside, vagina's inside. If you're wondering about terminology, anyone out there, um, you know, the breast, the nipples, the lips, um, earlobes, like those are all sort of the common areas. But I feel like everyone everyone has their own thing that yeah. makes, you know, some people like it's their shoulders. Some people, they love their stomach to be touched. You know, it's, it's different for everyone, but you know, I always tell people like, just, just touch everywhere, like explore all of it and see what works. And then, um, and then, you, and then you'll know. Yeah. Explore. I mean, that's, I think that's what it's all about is like having fun and not making it such a, like yeah. a, a thing, you know, I don't know. I just, once, once you let your guard down and you can just have fun, it, it makes it so much better. Um, I'm going to jump back. We're just jumping all around because I just have, um, but so blood flow, it's, is a huge part of <laughs> no pun intended, but pun intended. Um, no one got that. Okay. Um, <laughs> huge part. Okay. No. So, I We got you. All right, cool. So, um, <laughs> I want to talk about, again, because I've been stalking you and listening to a lot of your stuff, nitric acid and how this plays a role for men, especially some in women or, you know, Uh some a little bit in women, but how it plays with blood flow in their erection. Yeah. So, so it's nitric oxide, which you're very close. Um, but it's, no, that's all right. So it's, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite things, my favorite things to talk about. So nitric oxide is the main chemical messenger in your body that tells your blood vessels to open up so that, you know, blood vessels are kind of small, they're vasoconstricted, and then you get nitric oxide and it tells them to vasodilate so they become bigger. So this is important for, you know, getting blood flow to your muscles while you're exercising. You know, it's, it's basically any kind of blood flow, wherever you need it, nitric oxide is the precursor to that. So that's also true for getting blood flow into the genitalia. So the penis and the clitoris, like you have to have nitric oxide. And that's, that's actually what's happening when you have an erection, whether you're a male or a female, it's nitric oxide is, has been stimulated, it releases, and then you have this blood flow come in and it stays there for as long as it needs to, and then it goes away. Um, what happens as we get older, uh, is that we start making less and less nitric oxide. We just, we lose the ability to make nitric oxide. So by the time you're 40, you're making about half as much nitric oxide as when you were 20. And that continues to go down (laughs) as you get older, as unfortunately. So, so that's part of, that's, that's the problem. There are some things you can do about it. So exercise is actually a great way to increase nitric oxide. Um, there are also some, a lot of foods that are high in nitrate and nitrate eventually gets converted in your body to nitric oxide. Um, but a lot of people are using antiseptic mouthwash, which I talk about a lot and mouthwash actually kills the bacteria in your mouth that you need to convert the nitrate in food into nitric oxide in your body. And so if you you know, if you're eating all these green leafy vegetables and beets and all these foods that are high in nitrates and you're like, I'm, I'm doing a great job, but you're like, you know, swishing blistering twice a day, then you're actually not helping yourself um, in the nitric oxide department. So that's something that is an easy tip that you can do. Eat a lot of green vegetables, you know, eat your beets, don't use antiseptic mouthwash and exercise. And those will all help to keep your levels high so that when you want to have blood going to that area, it can go there. Yeah. Interesting. I told my husband about it because he loves mouthwash. And he's like, throw it so out. So does mine. <laughs> throw it out, guys. And I was like, all right, throwing it out. You can use 
you can use it occasionally. It's not like you can't ever use it. Um, but it, the studies have actually been done looking at blood pressure uh, because that's also something that's nitric oxide, you know, mediated. So because you have, if you have too much blood pressure, too high a blood pressure, it's usually your blood vessels are kind of small. Um, and they've they've done studies with with mouthwash where if you use mouthwash twice a day, antiseptic mouthwash, then blood pressure goes up within a week. Wow. So it's something that's you know it's. It's just one like of many tricks, but that's something that you can do that can make a difference. I love it. People love the nuggets, wow. the little information. <laughs> I know. The little tangible pieces yeah. we can take and use. Yes. <laughs> well, I have one. Okay, this was a selfish question. And my girlfriend, we were in a text message earlier, and I was like, guys, we, you know, we're talking about sexual health. Do you have any questions? And they, of course, were like, no, whatever. But I was like, well, I'm going to ask this question because I've just always been curious about penis pumps. Do they yeah. work? Do you prescribe them? Like, what have you seen with them? Yes. I do prescribe them. And tell, them tell us how they work. Okay. okay. So a penis <laughs> pump is like, it's like a cylinder. That's like a, it's a cylinder that you put over the penis that then it kind of, that you, it's kind of sticks to your body and you create this seal and then you pump it and it creates a vacuum. So the, so the blood is essentially pulled into the penis. And so they're used for different reasons. The way that I use them is for men who are trying to recover, uh, uh, you know, erectile function or just improve, you know, erectile erections. You can actually increase size of erections. You can increase um, sort of staying power because you're getting this extra blood into the area sort of over and over again. And a lot of times what happens as you get older is that erections get smaller sometimes because you're not actually able to fill up the whole thing. Um, and so the pumps can help to fill the whole thing up and create, you know, new blood vessels, better oxygenation, things like that. So I have a lot of my guys pump, do pumping, like, 10 minutes a day, four days a week. I tell them it's like going to the gym, only it's for your penis. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I love it, it. It can definitely help. I appreciate it so yeah. much more now, understanding like behind it. <laughs> I do. Okay, this is a weird question, but does it create the same sensation of having an erection or is it really just bringing blood flow to it? Like if you're telling people to do this four times a day, are they like- No, 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 not four times a day, four times a week. Did I say oh. okay? <laughs> I thought you said day. I was like, oh my god. I, I totally might have. That would be a lot of pumping. Do not do it four times a day. I actually, I do have minutes. So funny. I'll give them this pump and I'll say, I want you to do this 10 minutes, you know, a day, four times a week. And they'll come back and they're like bruised down there. And I'm like, dude, what did you do? And they're like, well, you told me to like, you know, do 10 minutes. So I did 40 and you told me to do it this hard. So I did it twice as hard. And they're just like, I just, I you know, I got to go hard or go home. And I was like, yeah, but you just bruised yourself, dude. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't, you don't want to go that hard. I forgot the question. Cause I just went out of the, out of I just wonder, but, does it create the same, like same, like stimulus as an erection does? No, it's a, it's different. Um, some men will use the pumps in order in order to have an erection. Like some men who can't have erections on their own, they'll use the pump to get, to get an erection, and then they'll use like a um, like a little rubber piece to kind of tie it off and hold it there, to, so the, the the blood can't come out for a little while. But that's most of my patients. What I'm using it for is really just to improve blood flow in general, so they can still have erections on their own. This is making those erections better or longer lasting or things like that. But it does feel different. Okay. I'm, I'm, I love that we touched on this. I'm so glad we did. Um, 
something before I that I have to ask you before we go, you've given us um, one product you love, but what are some of the things like the tools, the products that you are loving right now that you talk about a lot on your Instagram and with your patients? What are some of those main ones? So I love the VFit Plus, which is the red light therapy device that I use a lot. I use a lot for women who have any kind of stress incontinence. So, you know, if you, if you jump or sneeze and you have a little bit of urine leakage, then this can be really helpful. Um, so VFit Plus, I love intensity device is something else that's good for the same thing, but a little bit different device. Um, I love for nitric oxide. I love a product called Neo 40 which is a, a lozenge that you take twice a day or once a day that can help increase your nitric oxide levels. Um, I love the O-Shot, which is that topical CBD serum that I was just telling you about. Um, those are some of my favorites right now. I have a lot of other uh, things in my office, you know, tools and things that I use with patients, but most of those are not available for purchase. It's, you know, these are, these are some, these, all these things I mentioned just now, you can actually go onto Amazon or go online somewhere and you can just buy them, which is awesome. Explain the red light therapy for incontinence, because I know a lot of women after giving birth, um, even we have a lot of, this is so funny, but my mom's friends listen to our podcast and they're in their sixties, but <laughs> I know they deal with incontinence. So, um, explain a little bit more about that. And do you, do they really see good results with it? So yeah, it's, it's a, it's kind of a newer modality for incontinence, but, you know, the older ones, which I also like the intensity, for instance, is a tens unit, like for your vagina, do you know what tens units are? Like the ones that you put on your muscles and they like contract your muscles. So it's just like that, only it's intravaginal. So this is the intensity and that one, basically you put it in and it just stimulates those muscles and you get these really powerful contractions. Um, it's, it's eerie, it's cool, but it's also kind of, it's kind of weird, um, but it's really effective. So that's a great tool if you have, you know, it's kind of mild to moderate incontinence. If you have severe incontinence, then it's probably a surgical matter. But if it's mild to moderate, then um, the intensity is great for that. It just strengthens the muscles. The way the red light therapy works is a little different it's, and it's it's pretty new. It hasn't, these are, um, these are FDA approved wellness devices, but they're not FDA approved like medical therapies, but I still use them kind of both ways. Uh, but basically the red light therapy, it, the red light gets taken up by the mitochondria in your cells, which is that sort of the engine of your cell. And it helps those cells to create more energy. So you essentially you're making cells that are making better energy and they're, they're functioning better. Over time, you can get tightening of the, the vaginal, the, the vaginal canal. You can get improvement in the muscles around it and sort of how they, how they work and how effective they are. Um, you can get more sensation, you can get better lubrication. So it's kind of one of these modalities that actually can do several different things, but it's like, it feels like you're getting like a, like a hot stone massage in your vagina. Like it's the most comfortable thing. Wow. <laughs> no, it sounds yeah. amazing. I love red light therapy. So I mean, might yes, as well heal that vagina after a baby. Then I could stop texting Whitney that I peed my pants when I sneezed the other day. Right. So this yeah. sounds like something after the second baby is coming out of me that I'm going to have oh, to look into because yeah, I'll just lay on my bed and have like, I'll have like red light therapy on my face, which is great for your skin. You know, it's really good for skin. So I'll have that on my face. I'll have my V-Fit device inside. I'll have like my like waterfall noises next to me. I'll, of course, I close the door. I'm like, kids, you can't come in. And I have this whole like, you know, healing session and I do that you know, whenever I can. It's amazing. I love it. We <laughs> should do that. We should take time to heal your yeah. vaginas. <laughs> Adam will be like, mommy's busy right now. Just let her be in her room for the next hour. Just leave her alone. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you have taught me so much and I know our listeners too. So I would love to know, tell all of our listeners where they can find you, stalk you, watch everything that you do so that they can get all the goods. 
Thank you. Uh, so I'm on Instagram, Dr. Amy B. Killen. Um, I'm on YouTube, same name. I have There's a lot of videos and, and things I've done on YouTube. Um, I also have a website, dramykillen.com. And if you can't find me in those places, then you're not looking hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have everything linked along with all the products that you talked about um, on our website as well. So you can guys can find her and stalk her too. So thank you so much for joining us and telling us all about sex. Thank you guys. We'll have a good rest of your day and good luck with your pregnancies. Thank Thank you. you.